A political candidate is more than an agenda. She's a person. And your vote implies that you trust that person to keep her promises. Clearly, though, political promises, those big goals and policy statements, are conditioned on the moment they are made in the heat of a political contest. And promises can get watered down or dropped in the practicing of governing. But the person's essential qualities remain, and it is that woman or man who you vote for. Streetopia Upper West Side and Bar Crawl Radio Podcast is sponsoring this Meet Your City Council candidates. And we want to thank Riverside Park for providing this superb venue by the Eleanor Roosevelt Monument on West 72nd Street. Rebecca McKean and I, Alan Winson, are looking forward to getting to know three of the city council candidates vying to represent the most populated neighborhood in the country, Manhattan's Upper West Side. Maria Danzelo, Sarah Lynn, and Jeffrey Amora. Gail Brewer, Zach Weiner, and David Gold could not join us, unfortunately. We hope this conversation will help you, our Upper West Side neighbors, decide which person you feel will best represent your family's interests. And you're listening to the Jeff Burke Jazz Quintet performing Ray Hargrove's Soppin' Up the Biscuit at a pre-COVID concert in the West Side Community Garden. With us today first is Sarah Lind. She was a guest on Bar Crawl Radio when we recorded on West End Avenue last summer and recently on a Streetopia Upper West Side Open Streets event. After graduating from the University of Chicago Law School and unhappy working for a securities company making profits from the 2008 financial crisis, Sarah volunteered her time to help refugees start a new life in America. After earning a master's from Columbia in public policy, Sarah worked to increase representation of women in government, presently heading up 21 in 21, working to get 21 women elected to the New York City Council. She lives here with her husband and two children. Sarah, thank you so much. I know you're very, very busy. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm going to ask Lisa Orman, who is uh, heading up Streetopia, Upper West Side, who has helped produce this uh, episode of Barcrow Radio, where we're talking to the city council members who are running. Yeah. Uh, June 22nd, how are you feeling? Feeling good, very excited. Two and a half weeks. Can't yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the election is on June 22nd, which is about ooh, what, three two, weeks? Two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. 17 from now. days, if you, know, you want to be precise. Okay. And how many okay. hours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and so you're really busy right now. Very busy, definitely. Very right. busy. Because you're, you're, um, I know your, your schedule had to change around because you had stuff to do today. It's Saturday, June 5th. Yep. Um, so where are you going after this? So, sorry, just to be clear, this is not live right now? No. No. Oh, okay. Um, so very exciting. We actually are being endorsed by Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Get out! Wow. <laughs> wow. Nice. So it's under embargo until 1, but I'm gonna just, I'll just share that. No, no, no. Okay. I'm so, so maybe it's good we didn't. Yeah, we're not, exactly. We're, we're, not, we're not going out live. I got a shot to let everybody know, we're not on Zoom, everybody! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Everyone, um, everyone who's concerned. Jeffrey, that is wonderful, yeah, Sarah. And Jeffrey, who's coming, also is. So that's and, great. And it's it's great. Um, Jeffrey and I have a ranked choice voting partnership, so we sh- we really oh. share progressive values. So what so what does exciting. that mean? A ranked choice. Well, we're going to ask Jeffrey about that, right? Partnership, but that's this is a little. Or ranked choice different. partnership. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah how yeah. does that work? Because yeah, now so she's endorsing both of you. She's endorsing both of us. Yeah, exactly. Yowza. And so we and we have been working together. We actually um, this week put out a mailer and a video that we're putting money behind. Um, so. I'm telling my supporters to rank him number two. I'm telling his supporters to rank, rank me number, number two. two. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. okay. 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 So, Got so, it. Got it. So, so does that mean it's like if you win, he's going to be in your government? Well, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he has, you know, he has Have you really, made a deal here or something? No, there's no deal like that. No. But I but I will say, I mean, he's, re- he's really great on, on arts and culture stuff. And I would definitely look to him for ha- advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're going to talk to Jeffrey Amora about that. We're not, now we're talking to Sarah Lind. Uh, we're here at the Roosevelt... Um, Eleanor Roosevelt Monument, 
Yeah. It's kind of gorgeous, even though it's going to be hot today. It's gorgeous. <laughs> and I actually, I love this monument because Eleanor Roosevelt and I actually have the same birthday. Oh, and wow. She's always been a role model of mine. So okay. I'm, I'm very and pleased when, and, to be and here. And what, when, when was Eleanor Roosevelt born? October 11th. October okay. 11th. Okay, yeah. so now we know your birthday. All right. <laughs> so again, welcome to meet the Upper West Side City Council. This is an event that we're running with uh, Streetopia Upper West Side. Um, first, we'd like to get to know you. And we're going to do that for each of the candidates that we're going to be talking to today. The person, one of our neighbors who loves this community, I'm sure. Then we'll ask some about your policy comments and, and we'll get into that. Great. So tell us one thing, one thing about yourself that has nothing to do with politics or running city government. It could be sports, yeah, no, team I, I you root it. for, film. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, I love animals. I am obsessed with animals. I was the kid who, as a kid, always was demanding more pets. Um, right now, we have three cats, a hamster, and a bearded dragon, um, and we foster kittens. So there has there has been a time in which we had nine cats in our home. Um, I just love them. And a, a bearded dragon. Okay, so when ahead. you were a child, what, 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 how many pets did you have? I mean, I, so, oh my gosh, I had hundreds of hamsters. I bred them. Get and out. did like, wow. You, know, you must have lived in genetic, the country. I, I grew up in Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay. Um, we had ha uh, rabbits. Uh, we had dogs. Um, I got, finally got cats. I wore my parents down and got a cat. So, yeah. So why did you wow. go into veterinary school? I was going to say. You know, I actually thought about it briefly. I actually, when I started college, my major was biology. But um, I, you know, I love politics, so okay. more than animals. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. And when, you know what? You can help animals through politics. That's right. So, so before we get away from the animals, um, a dragon, how big is that? It's like this big. All right, about, oh, wow. about a foot and a half. Foot and a half, yeah. Could it get bigger? Yeah, it's still growing. And, oh, my goodness. And it doesn't eat cats. No. <laughs> it eats crickets, though. Which you think has of been... Stranger Things, aren't you? Those crickets. So, so we. I mean, we haven't had that infestation of the katydids. No, I know the. the Is it supposed to come here? Not the katydids. The um, cicadas. cicadas. Cicadas, right? Yeah, cicadas. Okay. I don't know. It's a, yeah, because I guess they I think would it's love like that. Out on Long Island or something. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we had we've had we've had nothing here about yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, so animals. You're a big big time. Does that include uh, bugs? Uh, I don't really like bugs, but I will say that I don't like to kill bugs. Yes, yeah. I understand. I understand. Yeah. yeah, we just got a big fat fly come in hey, through my window. We'll have to. Alan says, says to he's going to die from obesity. He's so be fat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so okay. So here's the next question: What is one local activist group you support, or maybe contributed money to? Oh, contributed money to. I mean. Do I have to pick just one? Uh, <laughs> well, pick pick one, and then pick you can go to one another one. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Well, I'll just say because we're here with Streetopia Upper West Side that I'm a huge supporter. Absolutely, of done events Upper West together, Side. and and yeah, love the vision and all the work they're doing to organize people around streets issues. So yeah. Okay. Okay. That's one. Yeah, uh, and then I've also been very active with Upper West Side Open Hearts Initiative, uh, which I think has done really amazing. Right, work and we've as talked well. to Corinne Lowe. Yeah. Uh, and that she's she's doing a great job. In fact, they will be. I was going to say at the end of the show, but they will be on Zoom, unlike us, who is not on Zoom, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow yep. talking to the candidates. I guess you'll be with her? Yep. Okay. That's great. Her, That's Corinne great. Lowe. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. We, we did a program with them. So um, another question, nothing to do with politics necessarily. I mean, everything yeah. right now is politics <laughs> for you. What is your favorite part of the Upper West Side? I know you said you like this part. You like the Eleanor Roosevelt Monument, but I, besides I, this. I like Riverside Park generally, you know. it's um, We used to live, when my kids were really little, at 92nd and West End. So it felt like Riverside Park was our backyard. Wait, that's where, where we live. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You we lived in to, the Windermere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my I think we talked about this before. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, no, it's okay. Boy, um, I don't remember that. Yeah. That you would, what, what was your apartment? 4RS. 4RS. Wow. So yeah. it wasn't too long ago. No, we moved out uh, three years ago, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, it felt like Riverside Park was our backyard, right? Especially with little kids. You just pop over to the park. Hippo Playground was, like, I mean, I, I spent countless hours there. Oh, my God. Um, oh, yeah. So, and it's just, it's so nice. It's not so touristy like Central Park. And it's a little more wild, it feels like. So I, I really like Riverside Park. And a yeah. and, and, uh, shout out to the uh, Riverside Park uh, Conservancy. Conservancy. Yeah, He's doing definitely. A, doing a great job. We they just, have a party I, on Tuesday night. Oh, nice. Their anniversary party. Right. So, I yeah. talked with the president. Uh, Dan Grodnick. Dan Grodnick, yeah. right. right. He, he became president about four years ago. I think that's right, yeah. Yeah, I, I talked was to him. Was that with the monument, uh, the, about the monument? No, no, he it's wasn't separate. with us for that, for okay, that show. Okay, okay. Right, right. Where do you go in our neighborhood to find some peace? Well, actually, I mean, yeah, I would say actually my favorite spot 
for kind of finding peace is I really love the ramble in Central Park and oh kind of wandering God. around in it. Yeah. Alan just found this, this woman who feeds the birds there. Yeah. Have, you, have, you, have, have you met her? Nita, Nita no. uh, Remfro. Remfro. Huh? She's amazing. We're gonna, our next Barco Radio is going to be her. Oh, nice. And she's a healer and she talks to the birds. And oh, the rambles is just. They just come right up to her and yeah. sit Unbelievable on her hand. place. Yeah. Unbelievable. You can be in the middle of the city with millions of people around you and be feel like you're all alone. Alone. Yeah, totally. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we'll bump into you into the rambles. <laughs> okay. Favorite yeah. breakfast place on the Upper West Side? Oh. Um, There's not as many as there used to be. Yeah. I, you know. Uh, well, I'll just first of all say I don't eat breakfast. Okay, um, okay, all right. <laughs> brunch, but, lunch. Um, yeah, you know, um, and then also I'm gluten free, so breakfast can be difficult. Um, so I do like modern bread and bagel. I think maybe they changed it to Alba now, the name, but because uh-huh. um, they're all gluten free. So. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Where, and where are they? They're on uh, Columbus and 82nd, maybe? I can't remember exactly. Okay, yeah. all, right, all right. What about a restaurant or a bar? Hmm. My favorite bar is the Milling Room, um, although they've been closed, but yeah. I believe they're reopening. Yeah, but pre-pandemic, Where is that? that was my favorite. It's on Amsterdam, isn't That's it? Columbus and 80, 80th, 81st. Um, they have a great margarita. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. But not, right. like, not, like a, like, not like a traditional margarita. It's like jalapeno, like, okay. it's like fancy. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> Excellent. Good the, to know. the Milling Room. Yeah. All right. Good to know. All right. We're Barcrow Radio. We don't know all the bars. Our favorite, <laughs> our favorite bars, though, are, are, are Five Napkin, right, and right. Gephardt's. And Gephardt's. We used to go to Five Napkin every weekend when my kids were little. Right. Oh, my God. Well, we have so established, much time there. We've established Studio 25 over there. Yeah. So yeah. We're, you they know, call, that's what they like named that it. Co- that corner table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, we were, like, friends with our, our waiter. We'd see him every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Upper West Side, largest neighborhood probably in the world, as far as population is concerned, yeah. and and yet there's neighborhoods. I mean, we're neighborhood. Yeah, definitely. We we see you. We run into people. I see, you know, Gail, who yeah. right, who you're yeah. you're running up against. But now with AOC, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. It's, it's a race now. That's right. So oh, the New York City New York City Council has a great deal of power to determine how this city is run. Great deal of power, similar to the relationship of the U.S president to the Congress. Yep. The city council is a balance to the power of the New York City mayor. You, you keep an eye on, on, on the mayor, that's whoever right. that's going to be. Yours will be an important responsibility. Um, of all the issues that you would take on as a city council member, what's the one issue? I know there's a lot. Yeah. What's the one issue that you're going to attack first and that you'll make sure it gets done? I think in terms of um, practical reality that's directly impacting the neighborhood, I am going to take on the Broadway situation. Um, I I think we can really improve the streetscape and improve the small businesses there, and I think there's like local action we can do um, to to make that street, you know, a grand boulevard once again. Right. And that's something I think that's squarely within the council members' ability to make happen. Right. That would be great. Work with Broadway malls. Yeah, work with Broadway malls, work with, you know, the Beacon, um, try to set up a merchants association, which is something I've been working on. It kind of got paused in the pandemic. Um, But I think, you know, with the platform of being a council member, we could really take that and run with it. Can can you be a little more specific? What would you do? What's one vision you have for the for Broadway? Yeah. So uh, the kind of foundation of it, I think, would be taking the um, northbound lanes north of 73rd Street and pedestrianizing them with a bus lane and and a local traffic lane. But there's right now four lanes of traffic, I believe. Um, And I think we could take three of those and make them pedestrian seating. We could put food trucks, you know, tables, greenery, maybe potentially it could be expanding the Broadway malls, widening them. Really? Yeah. That's in the plan? I mean, that's a major capital project. So that's a lot more long term project. I think that's historically the way it was. Exactly. Exactly. And then it would become kind of a promenade. Yeah, exactly. That would be amazing. It would be amazing. Yeah. That would be absolutely amazing. And I think it would, you know, create sort of a destination and would support the small businesses along Broadway. Um, so, yeah, that would be my top priority. I mean, yeah, we'd have on, on this long park yeah. in the middle of this major boulevard. Exactly. Right. I, I, I'm sure um, uh, Lisa Orman would be totally behind that oh, yes. with <laughs> Streetopia, Upper, upper West Side, right? So, uh, in addition to your political aspirations, 
you, like Jeffrey, are interested in the dramatic arts. Yes. And you are on the board of the Transport Group Theater Company. Yes. What's your connection to theater? Yeah, well, you know, I grew up as a theater kid doing musical theater and um, in high school and college, uh, even, you know, the law school musical in law school. Um, actually, in grad school, I was able to perform on stage at the Apollo, which was amazing. Oh, my God. Really? Um, yeah, so, you know, knowing that it wouldn't be my professional path, I wanted to maintain a connection to it. So I joined the board of the Transport Group, which is an amazing small theater company, but we do kind of avant-garde, interesting theater focused on the American experience. Right. What are they doing now? Well, it's been tough, obviously, during COVID, yeah. um, but our, our last, sh I believe it was our last show, well, we, we were in the middle of a run of The Unsinkable Molly Brown, which was really great, um, and right before that, we did an original production that um, focused on the experience of, in black America in, during the Civil Rights Movement. Yeah. Um, so that was great, and now we're working on one um, that is about like a mother and her daughter doing a road trip across the country and kind of discovering about each other, you know, and building their relationship. I like it. Well, you're 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 going to be very busy. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, maybe, possibly, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, we we want you all to win, but uh, <laughs> you know, so, someone is going to win. Um, and uh, we want to thank you for for joining us. Uh, Jeffrey Amora is waiting off off stage. Oh, yeah, there he is. <laughs> uh, to uh, to join us for for a con conversation here. Uh, where are you going right now? We're going downtown to see AOC. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. We better let <laughs> give her our love. I will. I will. Bar Crow Radio loves AOC. <laughs> yes. 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 Absolutely. All right. Great. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank, thank you. Thank Bye. you very much. Bye. Bye. Okay, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey Amora is now with us. He was raised in Michigan. Many of us first met Jeffrey as an actor in the public theater's Shakespeare in the Park production of Romeo and Juliet in 2007. While in Michigan, he volunteered for John Kerry's and then Barack Obama's campaigns, and more recently for Elizabeth Warren's primary run, and then for Joe Biden. In 2016, Jeffrey led the Actors' Equity demand for higher wages and was elected as chair of the Actors' Equity Committee, advocating for immigrant artists. And Jeffrey made city and state's labor 40 under 40 list. Hey, Hi. Jeff. How my, you doing? My new best friends. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I spent so much time with you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I spent about an hour or so with Jeffrey walking from 86 to 96. You were giving us a little uh, tour guide. Of, right. uh, oh, wait, well, I'm going to lay my radio voice on thick. Hey, okay. let's, oh, let's there hear you it. go. Let's, I like it. it. Okay. How do you test? Give oh. us a test. Give us a test, Jeff. How do you? All right. How does this sound? It sounds good. good. That's good. That's good. That's good. I'm, I'm, we're going to have dueling voices. I was going to say. Okay. It's you Jeff against Adam. You could have a, a voice off. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's such a pleasure to join you two here today. It's so nice to meet you. Okay. So we just heard, this is, this is being recorded, so it's not going out right now. It's on 1 p.m. is when it gets. It's pew. embargoed. Is that what uh, Sarah said? Someone with three initials. That's top secret information. Yeah, I, we know, I, but well, don't know, worry. But this is not, going out tomorrow. It's not going out on Zoom. It's going we out promise. tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so right after this, we're running downtown to City Hall uh, to meet Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, our, our congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens, who is out here to rally progressive candidates for city council and the other citywide races. Uh, and it's, it's very exciting that uh, great. We, yeah, her, her uh, organization, Courage to Change, will uh, be featuring both Sarah and I as, uh, as endorsed candidates. That That's great. is wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Because up up until this time, I thought like a done race. Gail Brewer is in it. And, oh, you know, we, oh, come yeah. on. Come I, no, on. We're no. running a great race here. No, no, you are. You are. <laughs> you are. I'm just saying, and it's like from my feeling was, you know, yeah. Gail, Gail Brewer. But, but it's a race. It's a race. It's a race. It's a race. This is anyone's game here. Well, it's not anyone's game, but it's very competitive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And with ranked choice voting, there are a lot of different possible outcomes. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited about what ranked choice voting means for both candidates and voters. It requires us to talk to so many vo more voters. We can't just turn out our base support. Um, you know, back in, in 2013, when Helen Rosenthal won the Democratic primary, she won with 27% of the vote. Ranked choice voting requires 50%. Wow. All right. Wow. All right. So I, I was going to ask you about yeah. that. Um, I watched your um, Twitter film about 
you know, comparing with the know, cookies. With the cookies, right? As and soon as she saw it, way, she says, oh. "I said, honey, we on the way back after the podcast, we have to go buy Levain Levain <laughs> cookies and get that." You, you made them look so good. Dark chocolate uh, peanut butter, but anyway. Yeah, I know. It, everybody loves Levain. It's it was a real dirty trick, including <laughs> the campaign commercial. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's okay. Sure. I, we yeah. could take it. Yeah, so but what, so what is? Ranked voting. How does it work? And everyone, check out this video, Jeffrey Amores, because it's really entertaining <laughs> and clear. <laughs> Good job. So Thank give us a you. summary. I now I understand it. Sure. So so as I was saying, back in in 2013, you could win uh, a Democratic primary with 25, 27 percent of the vote. Ranked choice voting requires that a candidate receive majority support, at least 50 percent. So they, uh, as a voter, you go in. You rank your preferences. That's all you have to worry about. Don't try gaming the system. The system is set up in the way that it is for a reason. And they tally up all the first choice votes. And if no candidate receives more than 50%, they eliminate the lowest vote getter. And if that was your first choice candidate, your vote then goes to your second choice. Okay, now explain to me, why the second choice? Why doesn't it go to the first choice? Oh, because you were oh, the first that, choice that was, was your first that choice. That was your first choice. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> the one now on the I bottom. Okay. You're a good explainer, Jeffrey. Yeah. yeah, your first if your first choice is eliminated, your vote goes to your second choice. Right. So okay. All right. Ah, okay. That's good. All right. Until someone receives fifty percent. All right. What I loved about this, and I think you made it really clear, is that it's a win win. Because it's like I've chosen like five, so one of them's gonna win. Yeah. I mean they're right? cookies. They're, right? they're all cookies, right? They all taste good. All sure. Well, well, there are six candidates. You, there are, there are. <laughs> you could get really unlucky. So, that's right. That's right. That's right. That, okay, thank you. And again, um, check out Jeffrey Amora's uh, Twitter feed where he has this video. So we, uh, unlike uh, many, many people who I guess you were talking to, are, are want to first talk to you about who you are as a person. I mean, I, I know you're, you're an actor, uh, but uh, what we want to know is... Tell us something, maybe besides the acting, something new, because I, 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 know, I know a little bit about that. Oh, sure. Something about yourself that you'd like to share with us of who you are. It has nothing to do with politics. Oh, yeah. Well, well I'm, yes, I, I am an actor. I've, I've made my living as an actor for the last 15 years in this city, working on film, TV, theater, commercials, voiceovers. Voiceovers. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm a labor organizer, and that's, right. that's the experience I'm bringing into this race. Okay. Um, okay, but that's politics. Yeah, we, sure. We, no, some, so, something about yourself that has nothing to do with politics. It could be sports. Um, Movie a, you a like. Team you for. Pets you own. Place you went that you thought was really awesome. Place where you oh, want to go. Oh gosh. Um, oh, no, you, th- th- these are the hard questions. Here. I, I know. Uh, Just no. one who, thing. Who about am I? I? I don't know. Yeah, who uh, are you? You know, uh, I, I was asked this question um, in another interview. Tell, tell us something interesting about yourself and. Uh, I, I realized, uh, uh, you know, I do a lot of voiceover work, and I can hear it. I, um, I do a lot of uh, ADR, it's called, audio digital recording, and it's in post production when a film or TV show is wrapping up, and they're they're putting all that so- sound back in uh, to make it sound alive. Uh, and so I worked on the most recent X Men film, uh, X Men Dark Phoenix. Nice. And I I did the voiceover work for the character Beast. Oh. And so all of his grunting and growling in that film was me. That's my oh, voice. Oh, that's fun. I think we need to hear just a little, just one little. Uh, oh, that's quite, good. Quite, quite. I want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's right. It was, it was a lot. Of, it was a long day of, of, of grunting and growling. I'm sure you had hot tea and lemon and honey and. Oh, I was throat. I was feeling. It. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you, thank you for that. We got two exclusives now. I love it. I love right. it. So what? Okay. So what is one local activist group that you support or maybe you contribute money to? Um, sure. You know, during the, during the pandemic, the uh, last summer, the city slashed the sanitation budget. And we really felt that here in the neighborhood as garbage started piling up on sidewalks and our streets just weren't getting picked up. So this great organization called One Block Upper West Side came about. Um, and... They organized our, our neighbors to come out on the weekends and volunteer to pick up garbage. And uh, w- when I heard about this, I was like, you know, this is, I, I got to get involved. I go out there. I had no idea how cathartic this experience was going to be. Picking up garbage. Picking up, picking garbage. up garbage. Cleaning it. Yeah, you like to see it clean then. Yeah. After you pick it up, you know, you clean it all up, yeah, right? Yeah, but, you know, we at that point, I've been sitting inside during the pandemic for f- four or five months. 
and just you know not feeling great about about anything. Certainly, yeah. certainly not about the state of our city. Uh, and here came this organization that came along and said, you know what, let's do something about it. Uh, and it, you know, it's it's not good enough to just complain. Let's actually make it better. Right. Um, and it's a great, you know, I, I've been able to volunteer with them a number of times, um, and it's a it's a great stopgap measure. But then we need to restore that sanitation budget because that is very much the yeah. city's yeah, don't, responsibility. Don't, don't depend on the citizens to pick up the garbage. Yeah. Right. right. One block. One block one up block. the west side. Yeah. One block one up block the west side. Right. Right. Yeah, right, right. definitely look them up. Get involved. Right. I've seen them. I've seen them in no, action. I've, I've, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. great. Um, and they put a number. Uh, they've put a number of people uh, to work as employees. Um, walking up and down our some our, of the homeless our avenues. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. your favorite thing about the Upper West Side? Or your favorite, actually, best part of living in this neighborhood? You know, I I live across the street from Lincoln Center. Well, it's certainly not the helicopters. Can you hear that? Oh, yeah. It's oh, not no. the helicopters. But I, I nobody's live, favorite. We get them all the time. That's right. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna take care of that. Oh, good. Will you, Jeff? Well, the the next city council has to. This has been going on for too long, and as I, I hear this from everyone in the neighborhood, make the helicopters stop. Go away. Go yeah. away. We, yeah. we, we watch uh, the, the Hudson Warehouse theater productions at the monument, the Soldiers, the Soldiers and Sailors, Sailors monument. monument. They Supported do their productions there. And uh, that's a big issue mm. during the show. So in the, in the middle of you know Macbeth, they've got to stop because the helicopter's going right overhead. And we can't hear what's going and on. And they seem to hover for some reason. Yeah. yeah. So good. Do yeah. something. Yeah. 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 We're gonna we're gonna take care of that. But uh, your question. What, what? Oh, I live across the street from Lincoln Center. Right. It it feels like a dream. Sometimes I'm walking home at night, and I, I go through that plaza and just to see the lights and the fountain all lit up, uh, it feels absolutely magical. I'm, I feel like the luckiest man in the world to live. And you like tap dance sometimes around the fountain, just inspired. <laughs> <laughs> and now they've got grass. They, and now they've got grass, yeah. The whole, the whole, you haven't seen it. No. The whole uh, ar- around the much. fountain is all grass and like it's raked up yeah. and it's, it's amazing. You haven't, you haven't been yet? No. Oh, it's so cool. I'll go. It's I'll so go. cool, yeah. There are, are families out there every day and the kids love it. Great, yeah. Well, we feel so fortunate living so close to the park. Yes. So the Riverside Park, I mean, it's just like. What a great backyard. I've been here. I've been campaigning in Riverside Park every single day for the last three yeah, months. Not, yeah, not a bad way, except yeah. when it was raining the last few days. Yeah. So where do you go in our neighborhood to find some peace? Mm, well, at the, you know, the height of the pandemic. I, I stayed here. I was here the entire time. Mm-hmm. And I lived by myself. And so there were a lot of quiet days <laughs> of solitude. And I would go down to uh, the end of Pier I on the Hudson River, and I would sit there by myself, feeling like the last man in Manhattan. Wow. And uh, Because it no was, one was out. The, no one. No yeah. one was out. You could still hear the, the sound of ambulance sirens from the end of the pier, and that was it. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, I still I have some a little bit of nostalgia for that moment, as, as traumatic as it was. Yeah, um, this is your pier. What's everyone else yeah. showing up there now? Right, that's, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. my pier. That's my place. Right. I found that when we walked along the Broadway mm-hmm. uh, between 86 and 96 with Streetopia Upper West Side, you seemed very knowledgeable about the buildings. You talked about a theater that had been, it was, in, um, it was like an off-Broadway theater, and it's not there anymore. But do you remember talking about that? Oh, yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of this. It was, uh, yeah, it's on, it's on Broadway, and it was, uh, yeah, it was this off-off-Broadway space and after Broadway shows closed they would sometimes come up to the Upper West Side for another yeah. sit-down uh, and then it turned into a movie house uh, eventually it was a grocery store oh now I remember it was a grocery store and in uh, when when Bobby Kennedy was running for president he held a rally outside of that grocery oh, wow. store cool. um, but it's since been torn down and now it's uh, now it's in a, a so do you like history is, is that do you love I do I, I love yeah. history I love history I love architecture um, that, I mean, that's one of the reasons it's so great to live on the Upper West Side and, and what attracted me to it in the first place, all the culture, the, the, the history in these buildings. I, I felt I was, uh, that you were a, a tour guide kind of telling <laughs> us all about all the buildings that we were, we were passing as we, as we went along. All right, let's, let's get a little bit into at least a particular policy. Uh, and we're looking for one policy that either you're going to attack first or you're going to make sure that it happens when and if. Yeah. You're, you're elected to the city council. What, what are you going to? One policy you're going to emphasize? Sure. Um, well, I, 
I think everyone knows I'm the arts and culture guy. Yep. My, my goal is to not only win this seat, but to chair the city council's cultural affairs committee. Um, I want to make sure that someone from the arts is allocating the largest arts budget in the world. Um, that's my goal. And in order to revive the arts and culture sector, we need to get the tourists back. Two-thirds of the Broadway audience is made up of tourists, and they come here and they support our hotels and our restaurants and our retail. The, the, the tourists contribute 40% of our city's sales tax. So that's goal number one, because that's how we get the, economies, uh, the, the city's economy the city's back economy. on yeah. track. Right. Um, and it's why I've been talking about it from day one, and we'll continue to be talking about it. Um, and we're going to need an, an international promotional campaign, the likes of which the city has never seen. And that's how we that's how we get it back. And you do it through advertisement. You do how how would you how through are you going to get people back into the city and back into Broadway, maybe back into theater on the Upper West Side? That's right. Uh, you know, yes, through advertisement, we beam it to to every country around the world to get them back here as as soon as it's safe and they're vaccinated. Um, you know, an, another another idea after 9/11 when uh, Mayor Bloomberg was trying to get tourism going in the city again. Um, he, uh, he went to some artists and said, hey, let's, uh, let's create an art installation. And that became the Gates in Central Park. I remember that. Absolutely. And it was an enormous tourist attraction, right. bringing in, uh, you know, who, who knows, untold millions of dollars yeah. into the city. Yeah, an amazing installation. It was That's all great. orange yeah. sheets, yeah, huge. Yeah, it was really that cool. Wound its yeah. way around Central yeah. Park. That, that's right. What is it like campaigning? I mean, in, in the largest neighborhood in the world, Upper West Side, District 6, is it crazy? Do you enjoy it? Uh, I, is it I love it. Well, yeah. I, I love the, the campaigning part of it. I love talking to people, the, the retail politics, um, you know, introducing myself, getting to know them, finding out what's on their mind, what they've experienced over this past year. Uh, you know, when uh, I, I've been calling voters at home for the past six months, and the first question I ask them after I introduce myself is, you know, I, I know this has been a really tough year. How has it been for you? And I, I think people appreciate that. What um, kind of answers do you get? I, oh, I can people, imagine. People have, have told me everything. Yeah. Um, I, really, you know, re real trauma. People saying, oh, well, my, my husband died of COVID yeah. two wow. months ago. Yeah. Or I just lost my mother from cancer. Uh, we weren't able to have a funeral. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. A pain, you know, very, really painful things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's just so important to keep that in mind that we've all been through so much. And I keep coming back to the word forgiveness. There's been a lot of heated rhetoric over the past year. And a lot of people have said things that maybe they wouldn't have if, if, they, were, uh, if they were in a better place. Uh, and because we are one community, we're one neighborhood, we live together here, we've got to find a way to forgive each other. Um, you know, people have said some not so nice things to me over the last six months, yeah. and I try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt because I know that it's not been easy for anyone. Right. Well, it's a beautiful day today. We're, we're out here in the uh, Eleanor Roosevelt Monument right here by the side with Jeffy Amora who's running for District 6 City Council. Just 17 days to go. You've got, it's, That's right. it's coming up right away. And, um, and are you excited about where you're going now? Have you, have you met her before? I am. No, this is, this is my first time. Uh, my, my first time. I don't, I don't know if we'll get much one-on-one -on -one interaction. Why wouldn't today? you? There, I think there'll be a lot of people there. Oh, that'll be yeah. fun. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a bit, pretty big rally. Well, well, nice. make sure to tell her we said hey. Yes. Bar Crawl Radio. Bar Crawl Radio. Said hey. Bar Crawl Radio. She started drinking early this morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just age. Whatever gets you through. <laughs> Ice tea. Stop it. All right. So you, we said we'd get you out by 12. It's a little after 12. So it's great talking with you again, Jeffrey. It's great to and see you. And good luck. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for good luck. Nice and enjoy this beautiful day. You too. You too. Lisa, introduce this uh, uh, young lady who's, yeah. who's here at our table with us now. So Sophie comes to us from uh, MS54, Booker T uh, Middle School on the Upper West Side. That's and where our daughter went. Oh, cool. That's so neat. Um, so Sophie and some of her um, classmates joined us on our Broadway walk a few weeks ago. Yes. And Alan, you were there too. I did, and some of your friends were with you. Yes. yes. Right? 
So we had a conversation yesterday about getting involved in street issues and, and uh, issues that they care about on the Upper West Side. And um, so Sophie's here today with us. Welcome, welcome Sophie, Hi. to Bar Crawl Radio. Yeah, it's great um, to be here. It's, it, it's wonderful. Thank you for volunteering to do this. Um, what led you to join up uh, with Streetopia Upper West Side? Well, I mean, as a resident of the Upper West Side, I see issues with the streets. I see lack of community center and like vibrancy <laughs> among the streets, um, walking to school, seeing my friends and in a lot of other cases. So that along with my like new interest in local politics um, is really why. I'm right. doing this, yeah. Do, do you plan on pursuing politics? Um, I'm not quite sure yet, um, but definitely in that area. So you've been collecting um, questions from people as they pass by. Yeah. Um, and maybe you can share some of their concerns. So my first question um, comes from a couple who are wondering about considering the amounts of death due to bikes and biking-related mm accidents mm. in the city mm. um would you support more or less bike lanes or bi biking opportunities throughout the city and what would you do to address the deaths great really? question yeah mm -hmm. i think I, I heard sarah talk about adding bike lanes along broadway correct when we were walking along broadway about two weeks ago yeah, um, yeah. i'm a biker mm -hmm. and do, do you ride a bike i do right Sophie, do you ride? Yeah. Okay. Usually on the paths, though, like the Riverside Path. Riverside Path. Yeah, do you, so do you ride in the street? Um, I actually do not, and that's mainly because of what they're talking about right. here and the danger and the yeah, proximity to cars and all yeah, that. I used yeah. to be a bike messenger, so I've gotten used to riding in the street, <laughs> but it's... It's pretty hairy out there. Mm -hmm. Lisa, is it, are bike lanes part of Streetopia, part of They're the division? They're a huge division? part of Streetopia, yeah. So um, we're specifically working on crosstown bike lanes now. We worked hard on Columbus Avenue, protected bike lanes, and Amsterdam Avenue, and now we have a beautiful one northbound on Central Park West, but we really need some connectors. Crosstown, yeah. right, right. Mm -hmm. Well, Alan has a, co has a comment about, you've made this comment before, about those um, bike lanes that have the barriers. Yeah, because I mean, if anybody blo blocks the bike lane, a yep. pedestrian, you're stuck, a especially stroller. now. Yep. yep, it's really. Yeah, I, I'd say stay, Sophie, stay in the park. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get out on the street because the they haven't figured out yet um, how how it how it works. So that's one. Is, yeah. is bike. What, what else have you heard? Um, I've heard some concerns about the rat problem and rats ah. in general in the city. Um, and I'm not sure if this is like a specific increase in the amount of like rat activity or just an overall general like New York City has rats. What are you going to do about it question? Right. But definitely in that area. Right. I haven't heard any of the candidates talk about Although a, a rat issue. Yeah. I think Jeffrey talked about sanitation and cleanliness. Exactly. And I guess that goes yeah. hand in hand. That contributes to the rat yeah. population. Yeah, yeah. That's sure. Bring it in. Yeah. I, I was talking um, about a few days ago with a lady in uh, the Rambles. Okay. Her name is Nita Renfrew, Renfrew, and um, she's a healer. She's a hands-on healer, right, Raiku kind of healer, and um, she feeds the birds and the wildlife in the rambles, and she's at one spot, and I went and I interviewed her, and while we were talking, there were rats all oh around us. Oh, my gosh. Wow. But no, but they were... <laughs> They were but, country rats. Alan said they weren't. They didn't freak him out. They, I oh. was not freaked out by these rats. They're they were little ones. Park rats. Yeah, they I've were seen like park, park rats. rats. I've definitely oh. seen those. And they're different than city rats. I thought park rats were people that hung out in the park. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a park rat. So, so maybe so, you know she maybe said they're very. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe rats aren't so bad. I don't want to. I don't want to see them in my on change. the street. No. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of scary. So rats. Okay. There you go, Sophie. We got anything else? Um. Definitely. There's been some questions about the increase in crime over COVID and the correlation with the homelessness. Yeah, interesting. I think we um, have this balancing act of, you know, keeping our streets as safe as possible and also being a welcoming environment for all. So, right. I mean, is there even any relationship between the two? I, I, I haven't heck heard knows. any articles yeah. or anything. That, That's uh, a great point. And I don't know. Right. I've actually had some experience speaking with, I'm not sure if you've met him, but his name is Shams DeBaron. Yes, we, 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 interviewed, we interviewed him. We oh, was on one great, of our shows, great. right? Yeah, so this club that I'm in at my school, um, which we have become interested in local politics, which my friends, we've kind of formed a very close connection with Shams and have met with him on several occasions. He's told us about his life and his experiences at the Lucerne. That's definitely been something that's very eye-opening to me. 
And I know a lot of residents are very concerned with crime and safety, especially considering they have kids, and I'm a kid, so I definitely understand you're, the balancing you're a kid? act. Yep. Oh, okay. yeah. I, I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, Wait, I'm, what grade are you in? I'm in eighth grade. Um, I'm going into high school, which kind of brings me to our next question. All right, okay, good is, transition. Excellent. Yeah, good. I know. Which is about um, the demand for top public high schools within oh. the city. And um, this one man who I met in the dog park asked about the potential for adding more top high schools or bringing high schools which have traditionally not been seen as like the good high schools up a notch so that it attracts more people to the city and people want to raise their kids here and they want to send their kids to public school instead of like private school obviously. What, what, Very good what point. do you think about um, this idea of, uh, of these elite Stuyvesant well, Brooklyn science I schools? I am actually going to a specialized high school next year. So Which I think one? I'm going to High School of American Studies at Lehman. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so I just went through the high school process myself and it was very strenuous and very exhausting. And so I definitely know firsthand what it's like and like the competition to get into these schools. So, I mean, I, I think that whatever you do, you really have to ensure that it's for every single kid in the city. It's not like our school system is so discriminatory, so segregated at this point. And I think with with bringing up schools bringing schools up a notch making more opportunities for like very good educations you also for everybody. have to make sure that that's for everybody yeah for, for everybody so yeah. that is also another balancing act that i think is very difficult and i would right. like to hear what the candidates have to say about that right. that's you, great. You, you sound like you're going into politics i, I know, know. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah i have a few more questions that i got asked that we had overlap sophie and some of my questions um about bike lanes one person asked about revitalizing our storefronts mm. um you know and i think that's something that a lot of the candidates are talking about um and they everyone can go onto their websites and learn more about their plans for that and right. isn't there some special tax that the or, or a break in tax that the the landlords get by keeping when, their stores by keeping closed. Their stores yeah, and that's something that the candidates have talked about too on the, in the race. Yeah, Seems weird right, yeah, right, to me, right, for right. sure. Another right. person asked about um, getting uh, motorized scooters and bikes off of sidewalks, which mm. is illegal. Um, but you know, enforcing those actions—that's another. It, it's a it's thing. a wild. I mean, if you're if you're on the sidewalk, mm -hmm. it's it's a bit of wild west. But it's a real wild west. If you're riding your bike in the street, and that mm -hmm. gets back to what Definitely. we talked before, because you have these motorized cycles, and some of them are very heavy and very fast. Mm -hmm. Totally. As a biker, it's like, you know, you don't know what's zooming past you on this little tiny little bike lane. Well, it's funny. I just talked to um, Los Deliveristas last night, and they are um, a group of delivery cyclists who are now trying to organize and hard because the bike lanes are so narrow. Yes. And they want to, you know, they see other cyclists as comrades right right so they want to be safe around everyone but it is very narrow so we've designed bike lanes that are that are already obsolete in some ways absolutely obsolete i mean there's there's even potholes yep. and and rough and and now with the with the restaurant tables yep just beyond the bike lane we need to figure this out and people are walking across and it's like you know scary it is yeah. it's scary for everybody mm -hmm. you know i agree I agree. Right. I right. think, yeah, we need to talk about that and talk about, you know, uh, how many cars are on the road versus how many other people are using the street and um, balance that out a little bit. Here we are again, balancing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, do we have any more questions? Um, that... No, that was all I had. All right. I have two more questions. Okay. All right. Let's, let's do it. We have a few um, more minutes. The next one is about school opening, which has obviously been a very big priority for the candidates. Um, and just like how you're going to ensure that students are able to go back to school safely and how you kind of like navigate that. Well, how do you, what do you feel about that? Um, well, have I, you been in school or online? I've been going to school one day a week, every Wednesday. And that's actually kind of unique to Booker T. Um, and I know I have friends from other schools who are going in more frequently, but I definitely understand the importance of being in physical school as opposed to just doing everything online because it's much more stimulating. Yeah, does it feel different to you? Definitely, you? definitely. Yes, yes. So I think getting everyone, especially now with vaccines, middle schoolers and high schoolers, like I just got my second one today. Good. Um, you feeling all right? Yeah, I am. Okay, good. 
Um, I think getting people back to school should be much more easy and full-time, definitely. I okay, but with masks? Yeah. Um, actually, hmm, huh. I, think, I think, yeah. For, uh, right. for this stage, like, try it out with masks, see what happens. And because I, I don't know, it's still kind of iffy about, like, should you ask kids if they've been vaccinated? Should you do all this stuff? And like, so, yeah, I would say start with masks. Right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Sophie of MS54, soon of Lehman High School. Um, Wait, no, what's the full what's name? What's the full name? It's High School of American Studies at Lehman College. At Lehman nice. College, nice. right. That's a mouthful, yeah. Right. Have you been out there? Um, yes, I've been to visit it. She like, toured it's very, several times. It's very nice. Actually, I didn't get to tour because oh. all the high school tours were. Oh, of course. That's oh. true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Lisa Orman of uh, yep. Streetopia Upper West Side. Thank yeah, you. you bet. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, and we're and we're now next going to be talking with Maria Den- Denzelo. Correct. I had to work on the last name. Denzelo. Den- We would like to welcome now Upper West Side City Council candidate Maria Danzolo, who hails from an Italian immigrant family of business owners and has lived on the Upper West Side about as long as Rebecca and myself. She raised her children here, started a small business nearby. Maria earned a law degree from Brooklyn Law School and a fellowship at NYU School of Law, and then moved to the Upper West Side to practice law. She worked for a scientific publisher for over 30 years and, if elected, is committed to supporting the legal rights of artists and publishers. Recently, Ms. Danzelo's law practice was focused on the challenges of small business and freelance creatives. Yeah. Hi. Hi, I'm Maria. We saw you at the 103rd event yes, run by Streetopia yes. Upper West Side, and you were out campaigning there, and you're campaigning here. What's, what, why purple? Oh, so purple is the color of women's suffrage. Oh, so right, right, right. we decided to go with a purple theme. For our campaign, That's I think great. everyone's enjoying the day. Yes, thank it's goodness. Just, it's a great day, and we're we're in the shade here by the Eleanor Roosevelt Monument, um, and we wanted to talk to you, Maria Danzelo. Yes, perfect. Am I, I, I saying it right? Perfect. Okay, okay. all right. Um, we wanted to talk to you first about who you are as a neighbor. You're our neighbor, yes. right? And you've been in this neighborhood for a long time, had a business here, and and all that. So we'd like to first have you share with us one thing about yourself that has nothing to do with politics. Oh, I love that question. All right. Okay, so I am a swimmer. Oh, Oh, our daughter's a swimmer. I've been swimming for probably 50 years. In high school, I swam on my high school team, and I worked my way through college and law school. And uh, in the when I was a teenager, I worked as a lifeguard, um, and then uh, started swimming really regularly when I was in college and I've been swimming every day since and during the pandemic they closed all of our pools so, so where do you swim in the bathtub I mean yeah. I can't laugh in the in river there. So <laughs> the swimmers out there will understand because swimmers have to swim so I got myself a wetsuit a really thick one and I actually swam in uh, the bay how was that? Uh, so I didn't do that until about April, and the water was 58 degrees. Holy moly. Holy moly. Um, but it was great. And so bef- so I also love to do open water swimming. So I like pool swimming, but I also love open water swimming. So swimming, you know, in open water felt in very natural to me. In lakes or yeah, yeah. Were there tide issues when you were swimming? No. In the bay? No. It's not so... Okay. Where do you right. get into the bay? You're talking well, about downtown. Yes. So I would go down... So not in the river, not over here. No, no, no. So I would go and swim wherever I could find an entry in Brooklyn. There are spots. So there's like an open water um, network. Okay. So I okay. just connected with people and found out where we could swim and we'd go to different places. There's and I usually had somebody. Do, 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 you, do you swim with others? Not by yourself? I, yes. And I wear a buoy. So I did that until the pools opened in July. Right. And then when the pools opened, I was able to uh, start swimming in the pool again. So I, I swim at the West Side Y. So shout out to all my West Side Y yes. friends. Wow. I once fell into the river. It was an yes. accident. I wasn't swimming. I actually fell in. Did you feel I, the I, I tides didn't real, I didn't realize in? that it's really like ocean water. Yes, yes. Well, yes. here it's yes. an estuary. It's an estuary. And, and the waters are much cleaner than they were 
you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So we, we are, I'm really grateful for everybody's commitment to environmental issues and how we've cleaned up uh, uh, our waterways in, in the New York area. How long have you lived in, on the Upper West Side? So I've lived in this neighborhood for 40 years. I raised my three kids here and uh, I grew up in Midwood, Brooklyn. I'm a lifelong New Yorker from a family of small business owners. And um, I met my husband. Uh, he also uh, lived in the neighborhood. He's been in this neighborhood about 50 years. We were talking about how this uh, is a huge neighborhood, a lot of people, but yet it is a community. I mean, there is totally. a, you run into people all the time. and so. I have a million friends in the neighborhood. I mean, friends, um, people in shop owners, uh, dog walkers. Police officers, I say hello to them when I walk by. Yeah. Those of us who have you were, dogs. You were just talking to, uh, before you came up to the mic, to a potential constituent. Oh, great. Oh, what, what, what was his concerns? Oh, uh, so he was uh, talking about concerns about safety. Okay. He was asking me about uh, uh, public safety issues and, you know, specifically what 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 kinds of uh, things I would advocate for as a city council member. Okay. okay. You know, we're going to get to policy. Yeah, uh, sure. But, but first we wanted to kind of get to know you a little better. What is one local activist group you support or maybe you've contributed money to? Yeah. Um, so I, uh, during the pandemic, I uh, was, uh, ra I helped my children and worked with them to raise funds for Food Bank NYC. Oh, good. We had a real uh, food shortage crisis in the neighborhood, people food insecurity. So I read about that last fall. Um, people were very concerned about our seniors not getting access to food. And as we know, there were tremendous uh, lines uh, for food. So we decided to focus on food insecurity during the pandemic. You know the neighborhood. What's the best part of the Upper West Side for you? What is the best thing about the Upper West Side? So unfair, that question. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Pick one. Pick one. Okay. Well, all right. I have to say the corner of 81st Street and Central Park West where the Beresford is, is a, my most special spot on the Upper West Side by the Teddy Roosevelt Park and by that whole American Museum of Natural History, that whole strip right there. It's very, I mean, when I was a teenager, I used to take the subway from Midwood, Brooklyn, the D train up to 81st Street and I was like 13, 14 years old. I loved the museum so much, and I would look up and look at the Beresford and say, this is the most beautiful building I've ever seen. Absolutely. Right? So right. that's basically the most beautiful. But I have to say, I love Riverside Drive. I love the Soldiers and Sailors Monument. Which, which it needs a lot of improvement. We did a yes. program on it, like 30 million to kind of get yes. it fixed up. And boy, we, we sure do hope it um, something is done about it. Where do you go to find peace in the neighborhood? I, I do the reservoir walk. So yeah. I walk around the reservoir. I mean, I did that during the pandemic. I was in, um, I love birds, so I'm also a birder. Um, so I'm a, a dog owner and a birder. Um, those are things I just love. And so I was one of those people who was out looking for the snowy owl. The snowy owl was over by the uh, reservoir, the water tower on the west side of the park around 95th Street where the tennis courts are. So uh, okay. that's where the snowy owl was landing. And so 100, 200 people would congregate there around 6, 6.15. I mean, I'm talking about when there was snow on the ground and it was freezing. And we would all go out there and stand there and wait for the snowy owl to appear. Wow, wow. So, and what is your favorite breakfast place on the Upper West Side or a restaurant or a bar? What is? Oh, well, my favorite restaurant is Celeste on Amsterdam and 84th. Oh, it's so good. Celeste. So Celeste, it's an Italian restaurant. The owner, Carmen, is from Italy. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, um, you know, I we buy bagels uh, on Columbus Avenue. Um, uh, uh, the, uh, forget the name of it, but Great Bagel Spot on 85th Street. We, uh, go, we to go to Zay Bars. Zay yeah, Bars, yeah. Tal, we go to Tal. I go to Zay Bars almost every day. Yeah. There's a, there are definitely locals who visit it every day. And it's I'm actually of kind of fun to shop there. I mean, it's kind of fun. Even though it's crowded, everybody knows what to do and, you know, we're all getting along. So, Maria, recently uh, we celebrated Memorial Day, not, yes. not, not so long ago. And I noticed that on your Twitter feed, you put out several uh, tweets about your father and his military service in the U.S. Navy during World War II and the Korean War. Could you tell us a little bit more about your father? Oh, gosh. You guys are asking the best questions. Like, these are things I really like to talk about. Good, because we want to get to know you. to talk you. about. Yeah. Thank you. So, yes. So, my father 
uh, Peter Danzelow, uh, he was 17 years old when his uh, father, who was a World War I veteran and an, a recent immigrant, he came from, uh, he was born here, but his family emigrated from Italy, and he, at a young age, joined uh, the Army, uh, actually joined the Navy and was in World War I. He was very patriotic. So as soon as his son turned 17, my father was the oldest boy, he marched him down to enlist, uh, and my father was, you know, all, all, all in for that. And so he enlisted in the Navy. Uh, his younger brother is a year younger, also enlisted at 17. And uh, he served a total of 11 years. Some of those years were in reserve, but he uh, went to uh, Fort Schuyler uh, Military uh, State University uh, uh, Maritime Academy at Fort Schuyler, and then went into the Navy uh, and uh, served active duty, I think, for four years, then went into the reserves. And uh, then he met my mother, they got engaged, and about a week before he was about to be decommissioned, he got a phone call and they asked him to go to Korea. So he uh, 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 happily accepted, uh, although he says now it wasn't to avoid marrying my mother, but he, he was very patriotic. And so he left and went to Korea, and then when he came home on leave, they got married. It's always been a very uh, rewarding feeling to know that my father made that contribution. You sound like you were very proud of him. Yes. Oh, gosh. Is he still? He's no, he passed away in 2008. Right. Um, uh, his grandson is around here somewhere, my son Peter, named after him. So uh, he's, he's with our team today. So why don't we talk a, a bit about uh, policy, or at least talk about one piece of policy that you want to emphasize, and if, when you get elected, that you would make sure to push through in the city council, District 6. Sure. Um, so, you know, I do think that it's very important that we have policies that reflect what the community wants. And so I've been part of our campaign slogan, I Hear You Upper West Side, is really about hearing what people are most concerned about. So I view myself as very much a local politician, somebody who really, I'm not even sure I'd say I'm a politician, I'm really your neighbor, a local person who's stepping up. And, you know, I think the thing I hear about the most in our neighborhood is safe and clean streets. And people don't want to feel vulnerable. They don't want to feel that we're, um, you know, not in a better place than we were two, four, six, or eight years ago. So one of the things I'd really like to do is basically change the, um, you know, rhetoric around public safety and how we look at it and have a more realistic um, idea about addressing public safety and work with our uh, community um, uh, uh, groups and make sure that we can find ways to address public safety that works for everybody. So rhetoric is great, I mean, talking about it and coming up with good ideas, but is there anything practical, that a step that you'd like to take, you know, day one? Yeah, I think day one I would like to see us uh, encourage uh, better uh, uh, sanitation in our neighborhood. That's something I would want to focus on right away. I think we could get uh, much more sanitation dollars allocated to our neighborhood. I'd like to really push for that. I'd also like to really push for our um, community groups to be more well-funded, to be able to provide uh, private sanitation to our community. There's a group called um, One Block, for example, that are doing great work. Um, and I'd like to see them more fully funded so that we can support the work community groups are doing. Yeah, so Jeffrey just talked about one yeah, block. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. That's a, that's so a big, that's a, they did a great, the, that's a great big work. One. What about the um, homeless in Lucerne? How do you feel about that? So um, I don't think it was a, um, you know, look, DHS is a uh, very well-funded organization, $3.5 billion a year. They're not really getting the results we need. And so I was not in favor of moving. I mean, look, it was a pandemic. We had to find a spot for uh, people living in congregate settings so they're safe. But there were other options, and I think it was very poorly executed. They were provided housing uh, in a safer environment, for sure, for the pandemic, but not with the services they needed to really thrive and get better during the pandemic. And, you know, I think there was a lot of divisiveness created over this decision. Um, it was very disruptive and destabilizing to the neighborhood at a time when people were already feeling very vulnerable, um, all of us. Um, People living in homeless shelters were feeling was yep. just across the board a very vulnerable time. And there were other options, and I think they should have been explored. 
But, you know, most of all for me, I think the biggest disappointment is how much um, it was impossible for people in the community to be heard about their concerns about how this was being executed. And there was just a great deal of um, silencing and gaslighting, if you will, about people's legitimate concerns that were being expressed. Well, so, what would you do as a, as, a, as, a, as a council member to get those concerns heard? Well, one thing I wouldn't do is deny people's reality and deny people's perception of reality. That would be number one. So, you know, when people say, look, I don't feel, you know, safe. I, I just have to tell you this morning, just this morning, I was walking toward, um, I was walking down 81st Street, heading west, uh, right outside of the, the park that we were just speaking about. And a man was completely naked. Whoa. Walking down the street with a black cape and a bucket hat. And there were all kinds of benches filled with, you know, people, children. I think he has some chemical dependency issue because he apparently Clearly was. So. Yeah. But, but this, is the, this is the kind of thing that people saw in the neighborhood. I saw somebody, um, you know, shoot heroin uh, two weeks ago on 72nd Street hmm. and, uh, and uh, Columbus Avenue. And this, this was uh, two weeks ago. So we have issues in the neighborhood. And so my point is, are we hearing people when they tell you, I'm seeing this, we need to do something about this. So what are we going to do about it? And that's why I'm seeking this office, because I'm going to do something about it. Look, we're all compassionate people. When I see so many homeless people in the neighborhood, you know, my first thought goes to, how could we be failing these people so miserably? And how could we not do something about this? How could any of us, as be bystanders right now, and that's another reason why I'm running. I just felt like I couldn't stand by anymore. So right. what do you think should happen to the, the men in the um, Lucerne? Do they need to be moved, or do you think they can stay here and services should be provided? No, I think they should be moved, and I know that uh, that, that that there was a, a, a they should, you know, yes, I support moving the men out of the hotels. The hotels in our neighborhood, those three hotels, the Belle Claire, the Lucerne, and the Belle Nord, our tourist hotels, and we need to bring our tourists back to New York City, um, and uh, we need to, um, you know, have uh, the uh, men who are living in those hotels uh, move to settings that will provide them the full services they need uh, in order to uh, address the issues that they have. Do you think this is a, a, a major issue that separates you from the other candidates? I, I think so, yes, indeed. I most certainly do. Uh, what is it like being a politician? Because you're not a politician. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. It's been an interesting uh, uh, journey, for sure. I feel like it's really important that I do this work now, and it's really important that um, I uh, live up to the expectations of people in my community who have been supporting me. I've actually really, I've met so many great people. I really enjoyed meeting Lisa, meeting you guys. I mean, I've met so many great people and uh, I've really, uh, I really think it's, uh, it's a worthy effort um, to uh, involve oneself in one's community and be so engaged. Absolutely, absolutely. We do it, our, we do it this way right, by yeah. talking to people. We want to thank you, Maria Danzalo. Thank you. For, okay. for being with us out here at the Eleanor Roosevelt Monument and talking about your policies, but I, and getting to know you, that's, <laughs> that's really my thrill. Oh, wow. Good. I think we'll, right. we'll, we'll thank Maria right there. All right. And we'd like to thank Lisa Orman, head of Streetopia Upper West Side, and Sophie, a student volunteer from MS54, for sharing our neighbors' questions for this Meet Your Upper West Side City Council candidate event. Early voting begins this Saturday, and remember to vote by June 22nd. Next week, we will be at Gephardt's Beer Culture Bar, right up the block from where we are now, to talk to many of the candidates running for Manhattan Borough President. Three of the District 6 candidates could not join us for this event, and we asked them to supply a brief comment for this program. David Gold did so, and here's his statement. Hello, and thanks a lot for including me in this. Of the many agenda items that I'd like to address as the Upper West Side City Council representative, what's the one that's most important to me? The issue that's most important to me is the one issue that has a profound effect on 
every important issue, every issue that we're all talking about on affordable housing, protecting local businesses, reducing violent crime, police reform, really everything. And the issue is empowering Upper West Siders and New Yorkers to make our values, what matters to us, into reality. And that's why I'm proposing two dramatic improvements to our democracy that can empower us in that way. The first is a hyper-local voting system that I call democratic resource allocation. And it allows neighbors to decide together what's most important to us and shift resources accordingly. It can address many long-standing problems in the neighborhood and in the city. There's an interactive demonstration on my website that shows how it could work on the Upper West Side to fill empty storefronts and protect our local businesses. That's at davidgold.nyc forward slash DRA. But that's actually just one of many issues that it can address. The other democracy improvement I'm proposing is called the Democracy Decree. It is local legislation that I will introduce in the city council so that New Yorkers can join a national vote to end the Electoral College and create fair representation in Congress. Our current system is anti-democratic and anti-city. To create the city we want, we need to claim our fair share of power in Washington and local legislatures have to lead the way and it should start in the New York City Council led by the Upper West Side. I know this sounds to many people as if it's not a local issue, it's a federal issue, but actually it first of all has a profound, profound effect on every local issue, virtually every one of the local issues that we recognize as the important local issues. And it's an issue that can only be addressed through the exercise of local power on behalf of New Yorkers and other city people who are unfairly underrepresented in our federal government. Which is to say, it's not an issue for Congress, it's an issue for the New York City Council. And it's vitally important and it's urgent. There's a lot more about it on my website, davidgold.nyc. Okay, next question. What's my favorite aspect of living in this community? For me, the Upper West Side is the place that holds my deepest sense of home. I grew up here, so did my wife, and our parents all still live here, and we've raised our kids here, and I have other family members here too, and many old friends. So that's my favorite aspect of living here. And the elements that make that up, it's hard in a way to specify, but they include the places that feel like home to me, the local restaurants and neighborhood shops, some of which have been here since I was a kid and the spectacular parks and the beautiful buildings and brownstones, and more than anything, the people. Open, intelligent, creative, unpretentious Upper West Siders.